previously on Legacy of the Frontier. We are going specifically toward the Moss Espa uh, city, essentially, which is where Anakin's, uh, Anakin Skywalker's hometown was. We see your character, Trin. We see that there are empty death sticks scattered around Trin here. As he looks down the alleyway, he sees a figure approaching him, and what he realizes, and he's perplexed, is that it's him. He sees a Roydian walking down, and he realizes that it looks exactly like him. Suddenly, there is a figure comes out of the shadows behind Trin. The figure pulls out a small cylindrical object, and in a flash, there is a bright, blinding white light. This, this mythic figure was not an angel, but it was an assassin. And that assassin is, his name is Bjorn Ashmandi. Gunter quietly in his dying breath whispers to Bjorn, was it Twyla? You notice the silver irises in the Keldorian's face, or in his eyes. You notice that he has scars running from all over the right side of his face. Bjorn says in a very raspy tone because of the air, he, he says, Forget you saw this. The very last thing Trin is gonna do, he thinks, he says, I hope I don't forget this. Even just the way the guy spoke to him, he could just feel something was different. the exterior of the Dusty Bantha. And I just want to say like, so in relation to this, of that interaction, this is like one of the back alleys, like one of those winding curves that um, of this alleyway, one leads to the Dusty Bantha. Maybe it's, it's maybe like, you know, let's say 25 yards. It's like a good like winding pathway through that. So it's close. So we were outside the Dusty Bantha and we see a, we see two figures walk up in, in front and they're, and they're just waiting outside. And one is a human who is maybe like six foot, average, average build, like kind of muscular. He has close cropped silver, not blonde, like just silver hair. Um, he's maybe in his like mid thirties, like 35. Uh, he's got some brown, like five o'clock shadow and he is with a Duro. So a Duro is um, another, like they kind of look like a traditional alien, I would say. And they are- Like um, an Area 51 alien? Yeah, sort of like that. Um, like, kind of like big head, large eyes, gray skin. And he is maybe five, to five like same height, like six foot, six one, a lot lighter, maybe like 150 pounds. And they are uh, discussing. So they are in deep, not not uh not argument they're just having like a spat back and forth there so we have um this is theo uh bremont is the human and then we have maximar max galtwali and he is and he's the duro so they're in um 
Max, or, uh, yeah, Max seems very frustrated with Theo, and Max is saying, Theo, you need, you need, to, you need to chill out, man. We need a replacement hyperdrive, and that's why we came here. Remember the mission. Uh, we and we need money, so keep your mouth shut. And the and Theo responds. Well, we had we had a job, and it's not my fault that the job went bad. And Max puts his head in his hands and says, "Theo, you completely botched the last job. It, that was entirely your fault. Why do you think that it it wasn't it wasn't you? It was entirely your fault." And Theo responds, "Hey, man, like that that guy looked like that he was gonna rob us." I, you know, we got the job, and he was. This guy came up to us and robbed us. What you, what did you expect I was gonna do? You know, he started talking gibberish to me, and I, I didn't know what to do. So I pulled out my blaster and I dealt with the problem. I'm a strong man. What, what would you do about it, you coward? And Max just looks up and goes, the, Theo, the, I, what do you mean? He, he, you, he gave us the, the, the call sign, and you forgot the response. And so you shot him in the in the face when he tried to pull out what you thought he had a gun. He was trying to pull out his, his identification. And Theo just goes, "Well, he did it in a threatening motion," and and Max just again puts his head in his hands and he goes, "Theo, you're listen. I may have a job for us. He's an old friend on Jakku, and he owes me a favor too. So it, it could give us a lead." And. Theo goes, okay, it sounds like it sounds like a great plan, man. And then Max responds, but but first we we need, like I said, we need a replacement hyperdrive. We need a replacement hyperdrive. We can't get to anywhere without a replacement. And Theo goes, well, what's wrong with the one that we have? It's it's perfect. It's in perfectly good working order. And Max then responds. He grabs Theo's arm and goes. It was in working order until you challenged those dugs to a race through the asteroid belt. Hey, I don't blame my piloting for a faulty piece of equipment. Besides, we won the race anyway, and Max's grip just goes even harder. I'm not blaming the piloting. I'm blaming the asteroid debris that you flew us straight into. And there's a pause between the two, and and Max just sighs and lets go and says, "Look, just Theo, please go have a drink in the cantina and wait for me. I shouldn't be more." Twenty minutes, okay. I, I have a dealer all by lined up. It should be fine. I just have enough credits for a new hyperdrive. And Theo interrupts and says, "Oh, you don't think I can help haggle with you? I, I can. I think I can talk the guy down." And Max instantly snaps and punches Theo in the arm. Says, "Do I need to bring up the last time that you tried to haggle, Theo? What, what do you mean?" And then Max hits even harder, and then Theo gives in. Theo responds, "Okay, okay. I'll, I'll keep my head down, and I'll be right in the dusty bantha, okay?" And Max replies, and they both separate and part ways. So now we're going to change to the dusty bantha. So I'm pulling up our maps. I will notice. I will notice uh, for out of character. There is Mike just sent me a very lovely map of the dusty bantha online. So the Dusty Bantha is is maybe like 60 feet by 65 feet. It's a pretty big like bar club type uh, area. There's some light music playing in the background, like some amb ambient like alien music. It's not quite like the cantina music from uh, New Hope, but it's it, it maybe has the capacity of maybe 200 people max. 
But uh, right now, there's only like 35 people randomly scattered throughout. And so Theo walks in and walks immediately to the back of the of the bar. So you walk in, it's like a square room. It's very, um, so you walk in, it's like an open space with random tables scattered throughout like the main central area. There's a, uh, in the center of this, or maybe like the top portion of the bar, uh, in the center, there is a circular bar where all the drinks are. And above that, there's a skylight that opens up. Outside of that, there's not much lighting in here. It's very dim. There's maybe some tor um, like uh, wall fixtures like scattered on the sides. But other than that, there's not much lighting. A lot of the light comes from the skylight on the bar and on the walls. On the sides, it's like I'd say maybe like the main floor is uh, maybe like 40 feet, 40 feet wide. And then on the sides, there's like lots of booths and it's like a step up and that's like lots of booths. There's four tables on each side, like long tables and booths. And it's, it's, it's not the VIP section. It's just, you know, different things. So Theo walks to the back of the bar and uh, he, he's trying to survey the whole scene. He's trying to look, he doesn't really notice anything. And he just asks the bartender uh, for a regular drink and he is just, you know, observing. Soon after Bjorn, is actually walks in the dusty bantha and he goes immediately to the back corner uh the the, the back um what is that the back right corner of the bar so he is in the corner seeing everything he's observing is that by the exit no he is he is he is by in the back so he's gonna actually do a perception check he's gonna roll a d20 what will he notice so he rolled a nine that's a six. Oh, that's a six. He rolled a six. So, uh, okay. So he notices that you know, just like the lighting fixtures and the um, and just the low lighting. It's very low key and dim. And he's just standing in the back. And he's not. There's no one really in interest of particular. Like they all just look like either reg. Like all the all the patrons either look like regulars. No one really looks like a star. Like no one looks like a scoundrel. No one looks like a pilot. So he's just standing there and waiting, biding his time. So he's just standing in the corner with his arms crossed. Hood is still up. He actually blends quite well in with the background. Just, I mean, you can still see him. He's not camouflaged, but, you know, if someone were to just walk in and just quickly scan, they might miss Bjorn standing in the back. So with that, he he's, he's waiting for a little while, and he notices and he overhears Theo. After This is maybe after, like, ten minutes. He does see Theo walk in. And he doesn't really strike him as really anything, anything special. But then he starts to, as he's listening and looking around, he hears Theo um, actually trying to uh, like hit on a Twi'lek woman, who definitely seems entirely uninterested in what he has to say. So, and and with that perception check, he does again overhear Theo, and he and he, say, and he says to this unest, uninterested uh, Twi'lek. Listen, babe, I, I could take you across the galaxy, anywhere you want to go. I can show you my secret getaways. I can show you places that no one has ever seen before. I've flown royalty in my ship, but no one compares to the beauty that you radiate. And Theo gets a little bit closer, and he whispers, So what do you say? You want to come with me back to my ship? And the, the Twi'lek woman, who, uh, again, the Twi'lek is like... Um, they have the like they're not ears they like uh how would you like little tails yeah they're like tails that come off and they're like draping over her sides uh it's like in return of the jedi the the dancing woman who was fed to the um 
who's fed to the monster in, in uh, Jabba's palace, that's a Twi'lek woman. So this is who he's hitting on. And a Twi'lek then looks at him. She takes a long swig of her drink, and she then looks back at Theo and spits the drink right in his face and walks away. And Theo pretty much just takes it without fight. Uh, and Bjorn recognizes, like, sees this and, and probably thinks that this is not the first time that he's had a drink thrown in his face or just been completely ignored and, and rejected. And and so Leo, or Leo, and Theo looks down and wipes his face with a cocktail napkin and just kind of looks back and just tries to ignore and pretend like that didn't just happen. So at this point, Bjorn decides to take his moment he, and he glides over. And he specifically goes over to Theo thinking that you know, clearly this is a moron, and he could be easily to, he could be really easy to manipulate, but, and he just needs to get off the planet sooner rather than later. So it doesn't really matter if this guy can back up his bullshit, he just needs to get off the planet, and this is the first pilot that he sees, and he's an idiot, so he can probably manipulate them. So Bjorn glides over right next to, right next to Theo, and says very quietly, Can you get me to core Leo? Theo looks over your, over Bjorn, and and he just he looks over and then looks back up at the bar and coyly says, hmm, how much does it mean to you? Bjorn looks directly, like looks hard at Theo and states, 800 credits. And so I'm going to roll an intimidation check. So intimidation, okay, I have plus four. So I'm rolling a d20. 13, 17. Oh, that was a one. Yeah, I was gonna say, it would have been a five. Oh, it's a critical, that would have not worked. So, uh, 17, uh, so 13 plus four is a 17. Uh, after a pause, Theo kind of glances down, and, like side-eyeing uh, Bjorn and realize, and like the mask is like freaking him out, especially he just looks so menacing and the intimidation worked. And so uh, Theo just feels very uncomfortable and says, Okay, well, what's the cargo? And and uh, Bjorn says, "Only me. How many are in your crew?" And uh, Theo responds, "It's just me and my co-pilot Maximar. He's reliable. Don't worry about him." And Bjorn responds, "He's not the one I'm worried about." And Theo laughs with that. Now Brian, as this interaction is going on, Trin walks he stumbles into this bar his high is subsiding he uh the stupor is now like he still feels kind of hazy but the stupor is gone but he walks into the bar yeah he, he he plateaued he plateaued he was he he had already plateaued he was coming down during the initial like uh incident mm-hmm. so how so like, he's not he's not nearly as high as he was before so where does uh so Theo walks into the bar now where does he go in here? Let me look at the map. He uh, I came from the entrance. So you came in right from the front entrance. And how crowded is the bar? I'm looking at the map. I see like you were you were describing the 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 middle bar by the skylight and there I see dotted chairs and tables throughout the front throughout the front. In the back, there seem to be uh, two or three tables and chairs, private tables and chairs, in the back corners, both of them. How crowded is the bar? Can you describe it with that? So, like, the circular bar? Uh, there's maybe... Uh, so, you you look over at the bar, and, and Trin sees maybe... Uh, he sees 
a human and a uh, Keldorian man how many people, discussing. How many people? Oh, okay, see, I see them. Well, yeah, so and, and then I'm saying, people? so then there's maybe like a few other humans and like a Mon Calamari like around, like sitting at the bar. So maybe at the, at the center console, let's say there's seven people, including Bjorn and Theo. So they're like, they're just scattered. I don't know that yet. So back, so, so back to that. Yeah. So there's maybe like seven people at the bar. There's, but that's including uh, out of character Bjorn and Theo. And then there's, you know, there's a few. There's, there's not really anyone in the booths on the sides. There, everyone okay. is kind of like, there's maybe like one or two on each side, but everyone is mostly in this front entrance area around okay. the few like bar tables and like cocktail tables that are around here, just kind of milling okay. about. So what Trin wants to do is he wants, uh, I'm assuming, you should probably post these maps if anybody wants to watch them, but I want to click, if you're at the entrance, I want to walk straight ahead through the crowds in the middle, I guess the dance floor area, for lack of a better word, and walk straight right in front of the bar where you face, like, where, if you go into the entrance, walk a straight line and hit the bar, that's where I want to be. So if you're on a clock, uh, you're at six o'clock. It would be the six o'clock, but Bjorn would be at the eleven o'clock. Yeah. I am. I and and the reason I'm sitting here is because or standing is because I want to be closest to crowds to kind of blend in, so nobody can see me, and not not for any ulterior motive. I just like to blend into crowds so nobody likes to see me. Okay. But the first, but the first thing that I do is I order a drink. Okay, and what do you order? Uh, I is equivalent. What's that? Star Wars universe. Yeah, shot of tequila. Shot of tequila. Okay, so you call the bartender over, and I want you to make a and perception. a side of water. Okay, so a tequila, tequila and a water. Um, can you roll a perception check to so a d20? Ten. Okay, so with that, you you look around the bar and um. And you do notice the the Keldor, and and you're not. I, I don't know if Trin is. He's not quite sure if this is the same guy. But it, it. I think it sends some chills down his back. Like, oh shit! Like, I just ran into a Keldor. You do also notice that in the the back corner, there is a tiny. There's like a kind of like a small maintenance door, and and it's a it's a maintenance exit or maintenance tunnel. And you do see that in the back. Um, so you are aware of that. And you also realize, since the bartender just came up to you and you, you asked for a tequila and a water, you, you looked at, you eyed him up, and the bartender is maybe in his late 20s. He's like a really big, he's like a 6'5", buff, like burly, or buff dude, like very much muscular. And you notice that he is, he has a holstered pistol in his side. And so that's what you notice with the, with the perception of 10. And so all the pieces, so everyone's in the bar. Do you, so what do you think? You see the Keldor in the corner. Does that, like, they're in there. He's the only Keldor here. Um, he's wearing his mask. So you can't see the scars under it. But what do you, do you, is there any, like, recognition about that? Do you, like, what do you think about that? Or are you just absentmindedly like, oh, it's a coincidence? Trin doesn't even think it's a coincidence. He says, oh, there's the Keldorian, and then goes back to his drink. Okay. So, with that, uh, I want to roll a perception as well. Okay, so I rolled a three, so that's not very good, but what I will grant that is that 
Bjorn does recognize that Aroidian has walked into the bar. He doesn't recognize that it's Trin, but it's got something clicking in his head. Not to think, oh, um, like every Aroidian is the same. Not that this is like the only Aroidian in the bar, but something like he, he has like a fourth sense that's telling it. Like, so there's a, there's like a sixth sense saying like, hmm, this guy just walked in here too. Like, keep an eye out on him. So... Uh, we get back to their conversation, and, and Theo is still trying to like chum up Bjorn over here, and uh, and once, <laughs> once actually like Theo actually just starts talking about himself now, uh, trying to break the ice because Theo is a very, he, he's very much obsessed with himself. He is a high ego. I wouldn't say he's a narcissist, but he just is very obsessed with himself. He's, uh, he just he thinks. He just likes talking about himself, so he started talking about himself in his own travels, and he recognizes that Bjorn really does isn't listening and doesn't care. He's Bjorn is just looking out at the bar, and surveying the scene. And so, Theo uh, kind of shrugs and just kind of laughs to himself and and, and claps uh, Bjorn on the shoulder and says, "Let me buy you a drink, man. Barkeep, give me two of the Cantina Special." And as the bartender nods and makes a drink, Theo. Uh, hunches down to Bjorn as the drinks come and he takes a sip of his drink and he just kind of gets really close to Bjorn and he kind of says very uh, not softly but he just asks him very uh, genuinely so um, I, I gotta ask you something how uh, how do you how do you drink through your mask and Bjorn just looks over and even through the mask just shoots Theo such a look that even Theo realizes that maybe he should keep his mouth shut sometimes um, and but with that, before you know, Theo can actually find out how Bjorn takes a drink. The doors of the Dusty Bantha fly open, and dust fills the cantina. So people are kind of momentarily blinded because suddenly sunlight is just flooding into the room. And in steps, uh, the, and Theo looks and says, "What the hell?" And in steps. Uh, six regular stormtroopers, two heavy stormtroopers, and one Imperial officer. Guns are all drawn, and it's completely silent. And with that, Bjorn says under his breath, Oh, fuck. And so, with that, like, it's it's been, it's quiet for a few moments, and everyone is looking at, at this, uh, at, at this disturbance. Everyone is looking up there. And the officer, he motions around his his blaster he's the only one actually with his blaster in his uh in his holster he's his hands are behind his back and he says everybody hands where we can see them drop your weapons you are all under suspicion and will be detained for further questioning by empire associates all those who refuse to surrender peacefully will be met with force and the officer takes a step down into the threshold of the bar with that, the bartender, who is now at the front of the of a circular bar, like more towards Trin, he has his sleeves rolled up, and he leans with all of his weight on, and he goes, Oi, what the fuck is this all about? And the officer eyes up the bartender and says, You're all being questioned about the murder of an Empire associate, killed in the back alleys where this cantina sits. And with that, the crowd uh, starts to get a little uneasy. Uh, they, they're looking around at each other, and one and one person randomly from the crowd says, uh, We didn't do anything wrong. And the officer looks at them and says, That may or may not be true. We're going to find out. 
and he motions for the guards to start moving down. And so now let's roll for initiative. <laughs> 